What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the Dingers Podcast with your host, Mitch, Jake, Jeff, and Kevin. Let's talk some Cubs baseball. The Dingers Podcast is on the air. I'm your host, Mitch. I'm here with Jake and our buddy, Miguel Esperanza, the Spanish Cubs broadcaster. Uh, We're excited to have you on and hear a little bit about your story and (laughs) talk some Chicago Cubs tonight. So first, welcome, Miguel, to the Dingers Podcast. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you guys, Jake. Pleasure to meet you, Mitch. Saw you in Iowa, so uh, good to see you again. Yeah, let's jump right into your story because I want to hear one just, I mean, you kind of blew up last year. Yeah. Uh, You posted a video of your kind of like face cam of you doing, I mean, you've been doing radio broadcast for the Cubs for a while, but you kind of burst onto the scene and got really popular of hearing your energy and seeing your energy um, with a face cam. Uh, I think it was a Javi Baez play, was it? Yeah, that was the first one I I posted. Yeah, Javi, uh, it was against Amir Garrett. Yeah, center field walk off. You know, it, it didn't leave the park, but it was still a walk off. So it was pretty exciting. And that that from there, it just trickled down. And I said, well, that that my phone didn't stop all night and, and all day the next day. So I was like, OK, so this is a thing, you know, so I started recording anytime we went into the ninth inning and, and had an opportunity to, to win it in walk off fashion. Last year, we had plenty of those in the second half, even after the hobby bias one. So every time I would bring out the camera and it just worked, you know, so and for big moments, uh, I, I recorded uh, Wilson Contreras, uh, 100 home run. Um, so those anytime there's something big that can happen, I'll pop out the camera and, you know, just record just in case. <laughs> I mean, your energy, I, I have a clip of, of just the energy that you bring. I think this is a Contreras. I, I just love the energy you bring. Like, <laughs> is that like just naturally just overflow from being a fan or what, what is that? Where does it come from? It, it is, it, you know, I I'm a fan, man. I I'm a Cubs fan born and raised. Uh, there's no other team for me, you know? So, so just being able to be in that booth, uh, I'm a fan in there. And, and I always, I always go back to Ron Santo, like 
when I would hear him and his excitement and his pain and anguish when, when everything was going, yeah. you know, I, I guess I kind of molded or modeled myself from what Ron Santo would do in that sense, because he made it, he showed that it's okay to be excited. Sometimes I get, I get messages like, why aren't you excited for the other team? Why don't you call it even? I said, because I work for the Cubs, you know, well, I work for Univision, but I'm broadcasting for the Cubs. So I'm going Cubs, you know? And, and yeah. you grew up in Chicago, so you've grown up a Cubs fan, correct? Born and raised in Chicago, yeah. So I, I grew up here. I went to school here. I Everything. I've always lived here. So it, it's, yeah, man, it's sweet. Um, I mean, we met at the Field of Dreams, and you, like, right away, like, I connected with you right away. Like, your, your authenticity, you're real, you're a good human being. Like, it was just Thank great you. meeting you. Um, you could just feel how how nice of a guy you were like just our short conversation and i was like dude i need to talk with that guy again and so i tried to find you later just to be able to connect more and talk because i was like i gotta have this guy on my podcast but what Thank really you. intrigued me about you is you told me a story about your dad bringing you to the field of dreams when you were a kid and yeah. now you got to bring him back there for the cubs field of dreams game and like so just tell me a little bit about that whole story yeah, you know, my, my dad's my dad's amazing. You know, that like that that in general I could I could open up with that. Like like he always did everything for us to be able to just enjoy the little things in life. You know, we always had everything and anything we needed. And he would always make sure that summers were for trips and we would go Wisconsin Dells, we would go uh anywhere, Pennsylvania, Texas, anywhere you may, you name it. And when that movie came out, you know, at some point, you know, we used to go to Iowa a lot especially uh, to Dubuque to um, watch bald eagles. My dad loves bald eagles. So we would go out there and, and, and then one day he was like, we're just going to go by, you know, the movie set for field of dreams. And, and yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. I, I, I'll tell you this. I don't remember much of the experience itself, but I know that, that he did take us there. And um, so, yeah. So driving back uh, this time around, you know, I was driving and then when we were getting closer, he says, you know what? Like, it's crazy. He says, dreams come true because, I remember when I brought you as a kid, now we're coming over here for you to broadcast the game, you know, and that, that in itself, it's just yeah. like, dude, like can't beat it, you know? Yeah. That, I mean, that's, it was just such a cool story to hear that now you're bringing him back and yeah, that whole thing. Like, uh, but I want to know like what kind of got you into broadcasting in the first place? What was kind of the path that led you to become the, the Cub Spanish broadcaster? Well, in general, broadcasting, um, I know we talked a little bit about it, but I, I've been in broadcasting for uh, 22 years now, actually. I've been saying 21 all year, but it's 22. I, I came into broadcasting uh, in 2000. And um, and no, you know, you, I'm, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. It was 2001. So there you go. I'm, I'm fine. Anyway, but it, it was that long ago. And um, it was just... I didn't know what I wanted to do in my life kind of deal. You know, I, I knew for sure I wasn't going to go to college. I didn't want to do it. I want, I wanted absolutely nothing with going to school and trying to learn some English and some more math and all the stuff we learned through high school and grammar school. So I was like, you know what, let me figure out my life. And, and, and sure enough, just one night, I always say the radio fell into my lap because I was watching late night TV and a commercial came on for a school for radio. And I, it intrigued me, you know, so I was like, hey, why not? You know, let's get let's give it a try. I, I logged onto my computer, 
went on their website. And when I say logged on, I had to go disconnect the phone and connect the, you know, the computer <laughs> that long ago. And, um, but yeah, so took a tour and sh shortly after I, I was enrolled in the school, um, I was hired. I, I started an internship a couple of months later. And before I actually graduated, I was already working as a board op for a local station here in Chicago. So it, it moved pretty quick for me. Um, but it's always been it's it's always been the hard work because I started as an intern in promotions and and from there on out I always knew what I wanted to do I wanted to be on air, and uh, I, I let my superiors know that that was my goal you know that that's something that I wanted to do, and uh, yeah so I went and I literally knocked on the program director's door one day and I said listen you know I've been here for a couple of months already I'm an intern, she said well I know who you are I've seen how hard you work. So, you know, I definitely know about you. And I said, well, you know, I'm looking for an opportunity to work on air. And she said, on air, I don't have anything now, but I do have a position for a board op overnight weekends. Are you interested? I said, absolutely. And never stopped from there. Um, shortly after, about a couple of months later, about maybe two months later, um, I actually asked her again. I said, listen, it was a Saturday morning shift that I was covering. I asked her, can I go on air? She says, Miguel, I've never heard you. So I don't even know if you're even good enough to go on air, right? So I told her, I said, listen, just give me this opportunity. I know I won't let you down. So what happens? I, I go on air. She's, well, she says before, she's like, okay, I'm going to be listening. When she says, I'm going to be listening, my legs are like, you know, just wobbly. I'm like, okay, so now what, right? But I go on air and uh, shortly after the, the lights flashing, that's our hotline. I pick it up. She's like, Miguel, you sound great. Continue the rest of the shift. Just go on air like normally, like all the other, you know, shifts that we have. And, and that was it. I, I never stopped. That's awesome. So, uh, <laughs> so I've got like this leads. I'm going to go a little off script here, Mitch, because that, that no, it opens a lot of questions for me because I, I've always been really interested in radio broadcast, whether it's as a career, or just like listening to it. I mean, I grew up, my dad always had the Cubs broadcasts on or whatever sports radio station yeah. was the, you know, the tune of the day that he wanted to listen to. How, so like my first question, I guess, is how did you find like your radio voice? Cause like, I, I think that listening to um, a lot of, a lot of broadcasters, I mean, they've got that deep, that deep voice that just like, it just feels like it's naturally like it belongs on the airwaves. Did you have to like cultivate that or was it just something kind of like you just like were kind of doing your own, your own voice and it just. Yeah, no, no, I actually, you know, um, so when I went into radio and, and I started, I, I would actually try to change my voice yeah. and, and, and just try to, and one day a program director, it w that was probably my, I want to say my second, my second or third program director that I had. He said, Miguel, why are you trying to change your voice when you have a naturally good voice? Like, yeah. why are you why are you trying to change it when your voice is already good? He says, like, he, and this is this is like something that's always stayed with me. And this goes out to anybody out there trying to trying to be a broadcaster. Think about this when somebody talks to you and if you sound a certain way when you're talking in a certain way on the radio, then it doesn't make sense. It doesn't click. And that was kind of what was happening in the beginning of my career where he was like, if, if I talk to you outside of the station, I, I can't tell it's you, you know, because I was trying to just change the voice in a certain way where it was, it was a little bit thinner and, and, and maybe a little bit, uh, I don't know. I, I really don't know how to explain it, but, but it, it made so much sense to me that after that, 
I, I was able to to just use my voice, which you know, uh, it, it's not bad, you know. So, <laughs> but no, that was like. <laughs> It's a great voice. And like, I, this is, this is one of the questions that I wanted to ask later on, but I, I think it just like for people, you know, tuned in now, you got to sing the the seventh inning stretch on was that Friday yeah. or Saturday, Friday, Friday, Friday. And I was watching the game and I'm not just saying this because you're on the podcast, but I like, cause it took me a second. I don't think I like heard right away that it was you singing it. I like the camera flash. I was like, Oh my gosh, that's Miguel. One of the best, like, take me out to the ball game performances that, that I've ever heard, and not again, not just gassing you up, gassing you up because you're here. You have <laughs> you have serious pipes, and and Crawley posted on Twitter later that day <laughs> yeah, this video. Crawley. <laughs> so. I mean, that's serious, man. Like, has there been like a like a musical exploration throughout your yeah, career? Yeah, yeah. So a little bit of that background. So I I've always wanted to sing that. That was that was that's my first love. That's my first passion. So going back to how I started in radio and why it made so much sense to me while I was watching late night TV and that commercial came on. For me, it was like, wait, I could go on the radio and then I'll record some music. And then I'll play it on the radio <laughs> and it doesn't work that way. It, it really doesn't, you know? Um, but I did record a CD, uh, 2007. Um, and this was in Spanish. I love banda music, which is like a combination of tubas, trombones, trumpets. It's, it's great. Like it, it really is. So that I was like, you know what? I, I want to record something and I pocketed it. I, 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 you know, I was like, you know what, this is, this is something that I'm always going to share, cherish and, and have. And with that CD, I actually toured a little bit locally. Nice. I went to Pennsylvania. I performed at Aragon Ballroom here in Chicago. So it was it, it, it was it was good. You know, it gave me that little, you know, that's what I wanted to do. So I kind of got a taste of it. And right now you could go in, on Spotify and find my music. And one day uh, we'll be I doing that later that, tonight. Yeah. yeah. And this was a couple, I, I want to say it was a, a couple of months ago. One of my little nephews, um, we were just having a conversation and, and I was like, yeah, you can find me on Spotify. He was like, no, no, I can't. What are you talking about? You know? And he actually went on Spotify when this kid saw that he, he was like mind blown and he was like, wait, like you're on Spotify. You know? So it, it was, you know, it's, it's one of those things that I always knew that I can have. And then later on in my career, I was an Elvis tribute artist. <laughs> And, and so that was like an, another thing that that was just crazy. Um, there was a period in my in my life where I wasn't at a radio station here in Chicago. I was working remotely for a station in Kentucky and doing some stuff for for Mexico as well. So while I was not doing that for those stations, I actually became a blackjack dealer dressed as Elvis, and I would perform after my hour on the table oh, dealing blackjack. Dude, Dude, what like, can't that you do? <laughs> One of the best things that I've ever done in my life, and I've done a lot of things, that was one of them. Just because I'm a huge Elvis fan from a very, very young age. And just, you know, being able to do that. After that, there was a, a, an older gentleman who I met at the at the casino, invited me into a oldies band. And that was just even better, you know. So I, oh, I, I became would, part I of the band. Yeah. I learned yeah. so much about singing because these guys were all retired music teachers. So it was just like, Dude, like I was a sponge absorbing everything. And, and and that's where I learned how to sing because I thought I knew until I met them. And it was just like, dude, like 
just a, a complete different story. So it, it, it's been, you know, once again, going back to music, that's always what I wanted to do. Cubs, I did this last year for the Cubs, the seventh inning stretch and the national anthem. And, and the pressure was pressure was there. But this year I felt like there was so much more pressure just because this year, once again, there were there were some good calls out there and 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 just getting a little bit more, more attention uh, my way. So I felt like this was like the pressure was just like incredible this time around. And for well, Friday, you, it was for Heritage or Hispanic Heritage Day yes. at Wrigley Field. Yeah. Uh, did they do anything else at Wrigley Field to celebrate or what was kind of? The yeah, like? yeah, yeah. It was cool because they, they had mariachis outside of Gallagher Way. Uh, they were doing tequila tastings. They, they had um, so it, that was fun in itself. The bobblehead, obviously, which is right over here. That was cool. Those yeah. Cubs bobblehead. Um, and a lot of people, there was a, a lot of people there that, that were very happy that the Cubs were embracing the Hispanic yeah. heritage. And, and that's something that for us has been a, a great relationship. The Cubs have really done a great job with myself and our team just to be able to be, um, more inclusive all, all around. And, and this event was just wonderful. I, I think everyone that was there enjoyed it. Awesome. But you don't only just do the Cubs Spanish broadcast. You do the Blackhawks, the Bears. Uh, yeah. What what other sport? That's it. I was doing That's I it. did the Bulls Bulls for a couple of years, but then it was just too much on my plate, you know, and, and yeah. it was just like, OK, I, I need to let go of something here. And so the company said, OK, we're going to split up some teams and uh, you'll you'll be in charge of Blackhawks and Cubs. And then with the Bears, I switch back and forth from analyst and play by play. So I'll be play. I play this coming up Sunday against the Texans. And that's another thing that the bears are celebrating as well. The Hispanic heritage month, they're going to have my highlights from that first half on the big video boards uh, oh. throughout that uh, halftime. So that's going to be pretty cool as well. So how do you like prepare differently for like the sports? Like what, like <laughs> they're so different. Like baseball's a little bit slower, like hockey. It's like, I don't know how I could never do hockey. Yeah. Uh, football, I, I don't like know some stoppage. Like how, how do you prepare? <laughs> I, I really don't know how I get it done. Um, uh, I can say this, I'm blessed. You know, I, I think that, that I, I'm, I'm beyond blessed with, with the ability and the talent that I was given because it, it's hard. You know, it, it really is hard. Um, when we talk about, you talk about the pace of each game, baseball. Yeah. You know, there's a lot, a lot of time for conversations and, you know, you can fill it in with all kinds of different stats. Um, football, when we have so many players in and out from both sides and you have defense, you have special teams, offense. It's just, so I here, here I'm, I'm give a secret. I, I don't know all the numbers and names correspondent to each player. I always have my flip card because it, it would be impossible for me to remember them all. And, and so, you know, I always have my, my flip card handy because, and, and by, I think by the fourth or fifth for the bears, I'll have it down to where, <laughs> Or I can definitely, you know, see. But we also have to look at pronunciations for all the players, both sides, you know. So that's a big part of my job. I have to make sure that I pronounce their names correctly. Um, and that's one of the things that with hockey, it's so much harder. You know, you have all the names, you know, Canadians, European names, French names. It's you so have it all. Quick. You're rattling them and, off so quickly. Yeah. So so at, for every game, um, I'm there three hours prior for 
Bears, for Cubs, and for Blackhawks. And the preparation, like you said, is different. You know, Blackhawks, most of that preparation will be on names. I will take a big chunk of my time making sure that I have the pronunciations. And um, I don't know if you guys know Gene Honda. He's the the PA announcer for the, uh, the White Sox and the Blackhawks. And what he does, he has a sheet with pronunciations on them. And this man is just so nice that one day he saw me on my laptop looking at the names. He's like, oh, you use that. Okay, the next game he comes with a sheet for me as well. So now he, you know, he does that for me also. So it's a big part of, of that preparation. Um, the pace is just unreal for, for a hockey it, it, it you have to be so fast and detailed because I'm broadcasting for radio, not TV. So TV, it's it's easier. It really is because there there are spaces where you can leave without any kind of anything, and people are watching it. I I, I have to explain exactly everything that's going on on that hockey rink. So it, it's hard, but very rewarding when you know you're able to to see that work and and see that these teams are appreciating what we're doing like the Blackhawks they 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 have a a new team in place um behind the scenes and and they're really embracing what we've been doing with the Cubs so they I don't know if you guys recently saw an announcement with their with their new um announcers they included us and that's something that that didn't happen in the past you know so that's that's big that's for us just just making those small little steps and, and like i said the blackhawks have been great great with us the bears are also like they've really seen the necessity and the growth specifically with the cubs and what we've been able to do yeah awesome yeah i i so i kind of want to go back to um you know we asked about how you got into broadcasting and you yeah. I, I love the, you know, the pestering the station manager and saying like, hey, you know, just like being, because you got to be proactive. I mean, it, it's, it's, that's how, if you if you want to get what you want to get, <laughs> you got to do that. Yeah. So how long did it take um, from running that first show on your own where she was letting you, letting you go with it to your first broadcasting, like sports broadcasting position? Because I think it's oh. important for, for young people aspiring, like, in my professional job, like hearing that how, how long some people had to work, it's like, oh, okay, so I just got to keep paying my dues. So how long yeah. did it take for you? Well, this was – so when I first came in, it was 2001. I came back to that same station back in 2013. Okay. So when I came back to that station, we go back to asking, right, what you want. And the first time I sat with the person who hired me, at the time they were broadcasting the Bears – so the first thing I told her, I was like, listen, I'm coming back. I'm, you know, I'm happy to be back. However, I do want to let you know what my goals are this time around. And I told her I two things that I want. I want the morning show host. I want to be the morning show host. And I also want to broadcast the Bears games. You know, that's that's what I want to do. I said, I'm not telling you to make any changes. I, you know, I'm just letting you know what I want, you know. And uh, within three months, I was the morning show host and the play-by-play -play for the Bears. That's so, awesome. That's and and awesome. it was, yeah, and because they knew they wanted to make a change, right? And and because I let them know from the beginning that I was interested, I received the call. Miguel, we heard you were interested in broadcasting the Bears. Do you have a demo? I said, yes, absolutely. I didn't have a demo. But, <laughs> I was going to ask, how do you like put a demo together? Yeah, I went on on YouTube. I recorded my audio watching the Bears game, and I yeah. sent them the demo, <laughs> and they liked it and hired me. So, so that was uh, a Wednesday. 
and my first game was Monday Night Football against the Packers. So you know, it was oh just my <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and and it was it was it was you know one of those things that one we go back to. Sometimes we're afraid to ask, you know, and yeah, and and yeah. when you do, you, you get it, you know. And that was the same deal with the Blackhawks, Miguel, and this time around, Miguel. My boss asked me. She needed somebody to fill in. Fill in, Miguel. Can you broadcast hockey? Absolutely. Yes. I, ha- I had seen probably four hockey games in my life. <laughs> I didn't know. I-, I had no idea what icing was. I had no idea uh, anything. So I went on YouTube again. YouTube's my best friend, if you haven't noticed by uh, by now. So I went on YouTube and I-, I I pulled up some hockey 101 videos. That's that's how I learned. Like. I, I just started going over all that and, and, and finding online anything that I can with the rules. And so, and now I'm play by play for the Blackhawks, you know? So, and, and it, it's, it comes back to taking the opportunities yeah. and asking for them as well. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Uh, do you have any, like, I mean, every broadcaster has their like things they say, like Pat Hughes is, like fasten those seatbelts, like those things that they say. Do you have your like your phrases that you hit, and like how do they translate to English? Well, um, so I think that the the most popular one for me would be La Boto, which is the yeah. home run. Like so, once once that ball, like because it's tricky, you know. There there's some that that you it, it looks like it's going, and and then it just stays in the park, and then you kind like ah, but you know you still <laughs> that excitement. And and I, I t- sometimes I'll go. It's fine. It's fine. It, it it's you know it ha- it has it, there's an opportunity for it to go out. And then once it goes, it's la You know, I'll, I'll throw in maybe the home run first. I'll I'll call it a home run. I won't say quadrangular. I'll say it like maybe. So I have one of the things that 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 is big for for me, and and it's been this way for for many years. I, I communicate both in English and Spanish. So I feel that a lot of our listeners are like me. You know, they, they were born here in Chicago or in the United States and they speak both languages. So I, I'm not afraid to throw in uh, home run or, you know, any little word here and there. I'm not afraid to do it because I know that that we understand, you know. So, so for the most part, the first thing that comes out of my mouth, if it's like a line drive it's gone i'll say right off the bat home run whoever it was you know i'll, I'll yell out home run and then i'll throw in la boto and then at the end when they come around the plate i'll just give quadrangular number whatever it was so quadrangular's translation is spanish for home run so i'll just throw so i mix it all up in there you know and and it works it's fun um but throughout that like like pat hughes is just fantastic pat hughes <laughs> What can you say? And, and and such a great human being, you know, like it, it, it's so good to see. And I had conversations with him recently about the induction into the Hall of the Cubs Hall of Fame. And, you know, it, he said something that was very key and, and very important. I think that that it, 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 it goes for a lot of us when you do the, the right things. He said, Miguel, all I'm doing is my work and I'm doing it the right way and I'm working hard. That's as long as you do that, you know, I think you'll, you'll be good. Yeah. I, so I, I looked up, I, for, I mean, yeah. What can you say about Pat Hughes? Right. I, like just as, as a quick aside, I was talking, so I live up in Madison um, in enemy territory. Yesterday was a rough one. Yesterday was, <laughs> was, was brutal. I got pegged, I, like, I got picked out of a crowd at 
uh, the, the coffee shop this morning, the, the barista knows I'm a Bears fan and she goes, how's it feel to be a loser? And I was like, I can't, I can't deal with that today. It's not great. But my buddy and I were talking about Pat and it just like, it's it, when you grow up a Cubs fan, like, you know, it, it doesn't take long for you to register. Like, wow, we're really lucky to be able to listen to this guy. Oh yeah. What, yeah. what can you tell us about like, how, what's your relationship like with Pat and, and, and what's it like to be, you know, his, his counterpart. I mean, you're the Spanish counterpart and like, that's so cool, man. <laughs> that's so, that's so cool. No, it is. It is. It, it's real cool. You know, it's like one of those things that, that, you know, I think about it all the time. You know, I, I look to my right and I see Pat and I'm like, like, really, this is where I get to sit and work. Like, yeah. really, you know, and, and, and it really is one of those things that, that once again I go back, I'm blessed, you know, and and such a great guy. You know, you know, I, I was walking I, I was walking to the restroom before the game. <laughs> we all do it, obviously. And and Pat was grabbing some salad and getting ready for the game. And he stops me. He says, Miguel, he says, What a great rendition of of the anthem and the stretch. And he stopped me and complimented me about it so much. And last week I, I reached out to Pat. I, you know, I, I caught him. So here's, here's like a, a <laughs> behind the scenes. It's hilarious. Like sometimes you'll see during the seventh inning stretch, all the broadcasters will be in the restroom at the same time. Like it's crazy. <laughs> that's, that's our break. And so conversations are interesting, you know, and, and so we were having a conversation and I said, Pat, you know, I, do you still sell your, Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Your scorecards from game seven. I said, because I, I want one. You know, but... You know, I want one that says to my friend Miguel, you know, <laughs> and and he says, yes, absolutely. I said, I, how can I purchase it and get you to personalize it? He says, Miguel, I can't sell you that. I, I can't sell it to you. I'll get you one. Just give me give me your home address and I'll send it over to you. You know, those little things that he doesn't have to do, but he's just a great guy all around. And um, we've talked a, a lot about Elvis. You know, it, it, they're always great conversations with Pat. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. I, I also like, so obviously, you know, we, we touched on all the different sports that you've done. I think too, like, you know, talking about the, the work that you put in with hockey, like I don't watch a ton of hockey, frankly, like I just wasn't raised on it, but I, I got spoiled. I got to go to a lot of a Badger hockey games when I was in, in school here at, at Wisconsin. And it's just, it's so exciting. So yeah. like, they're, they're, the, the payoff when you kind of feel that like rush of a call for hockey 
and then it is a it is a goal like that's got to be a great feeling right i mean it, it 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 begs the question like you've probably got gotten the call some i mean you've definitely gotten the call some great moments over the years when you're yeah. looking across all of the sports if you could pick one that was most memorable for you uh do you do you have one um i i can't say that i do um but but like for example if you get like over here on this side that Erlacher, yeah. that was one of the first events that I covered, and it was the NFC Championship game at Soldier Field. So I made sure that I had something that would commemorate that for me. Yeah. I'm one to a, a lot of the stuff that I collect are because they mean something to me. To my uh, over here, over this shoulder, this is Julio Cesar Chavez. Growing up, boxing was huge, and for me, he was just like the best, you know, and when he lost his first fight, I cried, you know, so I was a kid and I was crying, you know, so I, I made sure I had that. When we talk about Patrick Kane and yeah. what he's done. So when um, they, the 1000th game of, of Patrick Kane, they gave these away and, you know, and, and I made sure that I got one. I usually don't get these things in a nice letter, but then I, in a raffle, I won this one. Oh, that's awesome. So for, for listeners, he's holding up the, the thousand game poster or thousandth game poster for Patrick Kane. And he's got one signed says showtime. That's yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So it's, what I'm going to do that's, is that's I'm going to frame these poster. side by side. Yeah. See, so, so you could get the letter on one and then, you know, the front on the other. Um, so, you know, like I said, there's so many different things that, that I've experienced in, in that sense that, I can't really pinpoint one um, when it comes to, to hockey itself. The day, one of the, the first play-by-play that I did, uh, they gave out a bobblehead. So I made sure I saved that bobblehead and, and I have it, you know? So those little things that I, like Ben Zobrist, this came from Iowa. I love Zobrist so much. <laughs> yeah. So my father didn't have a ticket to the game. So they went to town there in Iowa and Ben Zobrist was like at a convention or something they were holding there. So he brought me back a, a signed Ben Silveris, uh eight by ten. You know, so th- those are like I can say those little things. And and when it comes to um, memorable things, I, I think one of the, the big ones definitely would be uh, Patrick Kane. And and when you get to see, like for me, a, a hat trick. You know, I, I think yeah. I, I think I've already called two of his. Um, so. Those are just little things that, that stick to you, you know. And, and when we talk about the Cubs, I didn't get the 2016. I came in in 2018. So kind of sucks, you know. But I did see a lot of Javi home runs and Rizzo and Bryant. Um, so I'm hoping for the next couple of years for, to definitely be able to wear a ring on my finger at some point, you know. Yeah. I, I think it's shaping up. I mean, I yeah. so you, you get to watch this team every day. Yeah. Right. I mean, like, and and so you're you're in it, and you're 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 researching the statistics. You are you are going much deeper than than the than the average Cubs fan, quite obviously. What do you see? Because um, I think the Cubs. I think they're now after losing tonight. I think after the All Star break, I think they are now even at five hundred post yep. All Star break. So yeah. obviously something switched though, because they're playing better than they were before the all-star break, what do you kind of see, um, you know, with the future of this Cubs team? How, how do you feel, uh, you know, do you, do you feel optimistic? I mean, I think on the podcast here, I think we all agree that we feel optimistic. Yeah. What are your feelings? No, no, I definitely feel optimistic about this team. I see players like Christopher Morel, like I see him 
and and that's just a bright spot, right? That that's a, that's a player that can do it all. And from the moment I saw him, um, I'm going to plug in Baseball Imas on Cubs YouTube. Go check yep. out that interview I did with Christopher. It's fantastic just because he's just such a great guy and 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 his authenticity that you have with him. And one of the things, uh, and I talked this, to him about this when he first came up, and he told me, he's like, look, I told my coach that I was going to go get everything that I had because I didn't have a plan to go back to the minors. You know, he he came here and he meant business. So when I look at him, when I look at Nick Madrigal, Nick Madrigal, um, at first, I wasn't in on him. But when yeah. we were able to see, and it was because he was a Sox, obviously. But, <laughs> right, <yeah. laughs> but when you when you see a healthy Nick Madrigal leading off, I think he showed us that he can be that, right. you know, that bright spot. And and if we look at, at the, the infield in itself, we see we'll have Nico Horner, Nick Madrigal, we'll have uh, Christopher Morel. I love Patrick Wisdom, great guy, but I think that he's not part of the future of where, you know, this team is going to have to build to be able to get, you know, to that next step and be able to be a championship caliber team. Um, when we talk about first base, I'm still not too in on, on Alfonso Rivas. I think that that more work has to happen. I know the last uh, couple of weeks he's been doing real good. So mm -hmm. we want to see if he can stay consistent with that. Then he could be one of those possibilities at first. I also like P.J. Higgins at first. He's done yeah. great at first. You know, so when we look at those those young players, I think we have a good core of players. Ian Happen left, obviously. Saya. I know Saya is going to be way better next year. I, yeah. I think that that he has that ability to make the adjustments. Now, center field, this is where, where you know, it, the the interesting part comes in. Who's going to come up? Who, who are we going to have for center field? Um, Nelson Velasquez, I think Nelson has been struggling. Um, he did show some power in the minors. We haven't seen that much of it yet. So I love his arm. He's his speed. Yeah. I love it. Like, Absolutely. I want to see that production with the bat, you know? So yeah. when we look at that side of things, I think we're looking good rotation wise. When we look at Marcus Stroman last outing was fantastic. And we've seen that from him, you know, the last couple of outings, he's been coming into himself. And I think that's, that's great. And he fits well with the, the, the cubby culture. Like I, I think that that's such a big part of it as well. The cub fans have embraced him and, and he's great in that sense. So when we look at that rotation, players like him, I know that are, that are going to be here. Um, when we look at possibility of somewhere in that rotation, Adrian Sampson has been great as well. Like we've seen what he's, been able to do anything. I know he'll go for the Cubs tomorrow. Um, another player that I would love to see come back would be Fran Mil Reyes. I think that yes. that his whole yeah. everything changed for him when the moment he came over here. Yes, he's can had you, his struggles in the last couple to, of games. I don't mean to interrupt because you're on a great yeah. you're on a great role here. But like, can you speak to? I've heard a lot of stuff about about uh, Reyes being a really great clubhouse dugout presence. Have you heard stories about that or seen it in action yourself? So, so my first interaction with him was in Iowa for the Field of Dreams, okay. and and I, I went and introduced myself. and And the first thing he said, "Well, when I when I hit a home run, I, I want to make sure that you have a great call on my home run." I said, "I will." I will, you know, as, as soon as I haven't had one yet, he hasn't hit one at Wrigley, so um, that's that's one of the things that I'm waiting for. But 
the the interaction with him was very positive and we see that that relationship in between him morel we've seen him uh, joking around with seya suzuki those are just little things that make a baseball team great they're having fun and mm -hmm. and i remember when joe madden would bring in the animals and he'd be criticized for having like a little sue at wrigley field and having them dress up for the trips and whatnot but they were having fun i think that's a big big part of everything you know if you're having fun Things are just going to fall into place. And for Franmil Reyes, he told me, he's like, I was I was in complete shock. I, I, I didn't expect it. I didn't expect yeah. that to happen to me. And, you know, for me now, he wants to make sure he makes the best of this opportunity. So I would really love to see him come back. When we look at our bullpen, Manny Rodriguez, I think he's going to be great for us. Mm -hmm. I really do. You know, when we look at him. What are we going to see from Cody Hoyer? I hope good things. I was I was covering, so I was broadcasting 2020 for the White Sox, and Cody Hoyer looked good. Like there there was there were moments there that I was like, okay, when that trade happened, I was like, okay, I'm not I'm not too mad about it, right? Um, so that's another piece that I'm I'm excited for to see what he can provide in that bullpen. So I I feel that there and, and so many pieces still coming up from the minors that we're going to be able to see. Uh we just had Esteban Quiroz uh debut this past weekend. They call him El Pony, El Pony Quiroz in Mexico, you know. And and so he's one that's been been very adamant about being able to get into the major leagues um and he finally did it so it, it's one of those little things that we start seeing all these players and i'm not going to say that he's going to be a great player but he has the opportunity to take that and and run with it and we might see those good things from them so i'm 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 really excited i am about the next uh week the, the or whatever is next couple of weeks that we have next homestand our last one here in chicago um so i'm excited about that i'm excited about the i really am excited about the future with these yeah yeah we have 15 games left after tonight yep. um we've seen hayden wesneski come in oh, yeah. and three outings yep. pitch great like do you see him fitting into the rotation next year do you see him like kind of solidifying that the rest I of do. this year and then going to spring training is kind of building upon that like where, what do you see out of him I, I really do you know when we saw him coming in in relief and and the way he pitched what was it five innings eight strikeouts that first outing we were like what what, what, what is this you know what's going on right and he had a rough one in between but his first start was real good you're talking yeah. about you know you, you you you're out there for seven innings and you only allow one run uh you know that that should be a winnable game for you unfortunately yeah. We, you know, we have the Michael Ruckers. We have the Rowan Wicks in there. Um, Mark Leiter Jr. hasn't been all that bad. But when we have Rowan Wick, who we saw tonight, gave up a couple as well in a game that that I, I think the Cubs should have won. But, you know, it, they just came at us. And, and when you don't have those solid pieces in the bullpen, I, I think it's definitely tough. But we look at him. We look at Wisniewski. We look at Javier Assad. Javier Assad has been looking great for the Cubs yeah. as well. You know, and and those are those are players now. Albert Alzolay, he's back. You know, he comes out, strikes out the side, and his first uh, uh, first inning pitch. Obviously, the next one, we know what happened. But those are good things that we're seeing out of these yeah. players. You know, so I, I, like I said, going back, I'm excited. I really am. Now we heard last week that there's mutual interest with both Carlos Rodon uh, in the Cubs. Yeah, and uh, possibly the Cubs going after a shortstop, uh, Trey Turner. Again, right. there was mutual interests. Do you think that that is something the Cubs should pursue, like going get both of them? Because I'm like, I'm thinking about if they sign both of them, you move Horner over to second, 
Like I take it. Madrigal I'll can take kind it. of fill in DH. You know, uh, here's the thing, and, and and I hope nobody hates me for this, and if they do, I'm sorry. But you know, a, a lot of people can say, and oh yeah, you know what? I heard this, this, and that. But what's behind it? You know, like it could just be. Yep. It, it could just be something that somebody heard and they they decided to put it out there, right? And and like I said, if you don't like me, what can I say? I'm sorry. But um, I never feed into none of it uh, until I see things happen. That's when I'll, I'll be like, okay, you know, when I when I hear uh, conversations from uh, within the park or whatever it may be, right? Um, but. You know, I, I don't feed into it. However, if that was the case with Carlos Rodon, I wouldn't be mad at it either. You know, I <laughs> yeah. think, you know, I, I wouldn't I, I wouldn't be upset of having him on our rotation. Yeah. I, I think he could be solid for us for sure. You know, that's that's one of the things that that we definitely do know that we can use that. Now, what, going back to our infield, I I, I like I, I really do like uh, Nico Horner at short. Yep. Um, I, he's been, he's been good. He's been real good at second when we've seen him there. Um, but I really like him at short. I think he has the ability to get, he has that long arm. He has, he has, you know, he's just great. And so I, I'm not too worried about that position in itself. I think the one that I really would, um, worry about would be first base. And, and even, you know, like I said, Morela at third, I'm, I'm happy with him there as well. And, and Morel, that's his natural position. You know, that's, yep. that's, that's where he likes to be. Um, he has grown to like uh, second base a lot as well. That was one of the conversations I had with him. He said, you know, I, I really enjoyed the time that I've been there. So he's one that you can move around. So we'll see, you know, I, like I said, I, I don't, I don't buy into rumors at all. Yeah. That's smart. One that's of the reasons why I can't I mean, bring it up is that like, I get a sense from a lot of Cubs fans. They're kind of soured on that, like the rebuild that they didn't call it a rebuild and and that they think they're further away than they actually are. And I'm like, they're not that far away, like one or two signings. And if you get another horse in the rotation and you get one more dude that can, that can hit like put morale at third base where he's natural and actually stick him there yeah. And let him work in the offseason. Tell him, hey, you're going to be our third baseman. Go get a middle infielder or right. see if Mervis can come up or uh, whoever, like, first. You already have a stacked outfield, and the Myers filled with guys. Yeah. Your pitching rotation with one horse, like Rodon. Right. And all the bullpen arms that they've just flooded through the system that they have, like, we're not that far away. And that's why, like, we as a podcast, we've been pretty positive the last – even after the deadline last year, like, yeah. no, like good things are coming. Just of course. be patient. So of course, yeah, that's you know, where. yeah, no, no, I, I'm there with you. I, I think, you know, we, we've suffered because we have, you know, when we saw last year, I was driving down Lakeshore drive and, and, and I was, it was after the game and I heard the Anthony Rizzo news. That was the first one. I was like, man, no, you know, it, we kind of knew it was coming, but you know, it, it, and it, and it happened. And, Coming back to the ballpark after that was just horrible. We went through that roller coaster of Wilson Contreras. I said, Wilson, you know, like, well, you know, be, be have a great career, whatever you're going to do outside of Chicago, you know. And then I was able to talk to him right after that game, you know, great game coming back. I said, hey, you're here, you know, you're, you're, you're with the Cubs. So, you know, so those little things, I, I know that that a lot of people are, are, are 
they're upset about many things and, and how the team has has been uh, worked and whatnot. But that's another thing. You know, we, we, we still have to see what's going to happen with Wilson. Um, I, I think, you know, that's that's something that that there has to be a conversation about bringing Wilson back. Um, Jan Gomes has been great. And I know Jan Gomes is still under contract for next year. So, you know, he's been great, a great mentor for all these young kids as well. I think both him and Contreras have been fantastic for these players. So it's always great to have those kind of players around regardless. Yeah, I you kind of touched on it a little bit, and and Mitch led in, led into this question pretty well. Um, so, being unfortunately super plugged into Cubs Twitter uh, for better or worse at, at times, <laughs> um, I think that like the, well, it's it's worse than some of the Facebook groups. Like those are, I mean, the people that I follow on Cubs Twitter like are pretty plugged in, but they're still, yeah. you know, this it's it's a wave all season long is a wave. So. I'm curious, like whenever I listen to the broadcast and, and it's, you know, the game's just out of hand and maybe we're on a skid, you know, like a, you know, three, four game, five game skid this year, whatever. No. What, how do you, how do you find the positives, um, you know, game in, game out and, and how to, to, to stay um, enthusiastic during the, during the tougher times? And, and how do you think that could translate for some of the fans? Like, what do you think the fans could take <laughs> away from, from some, maybe some I, of your you I'll tell you this: When we have one of those horrible games, I, I always find a, I, I always find a way to entertain. Whether I'm yeah. singing on the broadcast, whether I'm saying a, a joke, you know, I'm always finding something to make sure. And and you know, I have great broadcast partners um, because I have uh, I think it's three or four of them that, that we rotate. So my analysts, there's different personalities, so it's always good to have just because. I'm able to just interact with these guys and each one has their forte and, but they all are good uh, with, with the interaction and the jokes. And so we, we, you know, we find, we find ways to do it. It's tough. It is. There's times where I'm like, man, I, th this is the kind of game that I would be turning off on at home. Yeah, right. Yeah, I but say, I can't you do can't it. Turn it off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, I can't do it. I, I, that's not that something I can do. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, so I have to stick around and I have to make sure that I try to entertain as much as I can. And, and it's good to, to, have like for example our broadcast you can hear it on marquee on the sap option you can flip that over yep. and and so that's great to have mlb app is fantastic because i get messages from around the world latin america mm -hmm. it's just fantastic to have and so it, there's always something you know there, there I, I always find a way to make sure that they suffer with me <laughs> <laughs> yeah um you talked a little bit about elzele uh, yeah. what can you, what do you kind of expect the rest of this year? And even going into next year with Elsley, do you see him sticking in the bullpen or being kind of like a, a, a stretch two inning type of guy, or what, what are your kind of expectations with Elsley going forward? I, ideally, I would like him in the rotation. I, I think he's far away from it just because of the injury. Um, I think that they were working their way to getting him to that point last year. And unfortunately, I think that's going to have to be the way that he's going to come just out of the bullpen. And, and somewhere along the I still think he can be a starting pitcher, um, but I, 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 he's far from it right now. Um, he needs to get those reps in. And, and, and obviously, uh, once again, the kind of outing he had the other day, yes, he gave up that triple uh, to, uh, what was it? Uh, Charlie, uh, Blackman. Was it Charlie? Yeah, right. It was Charlie, and gave gave yep. up that lead off walk yep. and then triple. Yep, yep. And so you know you're gonna have it, right? You're gonna have it. 
But um, at the end of the day, the way you came out that first inning you he pitched and he struck out the side, that showed you location was there, velocity was there, and maybe after that the nerves were there as well. You know, like that can be a, a big part of it. You know, so I'm 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 happy with him coming out of the rotation, being that long relief guy because I know he can do that. So I'm good with him in that sense. Awesome. Pat Hughes is right behind you, Mitch. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I looked up <laughs> earlier and saw that too. Well, I don't want to take any more of your time. We appreciate uh, you coming on our show. Uh, Thank you. Your your passion for the Cubs and your passion for broadcasting and just like, I mean, it's it's awesome. It's an Thank it's you. infectious. It, it, it like when I first met you, like I like just kind of taken away. I was like, man, this guy like is real, authentic, and. Um, relational and so you, you being a broadcaster you can draw people in very well into you. your you you got that gift where you can draw people in it's like ron and pat they they draw you in because you feel like you're sitting next to them on a couch and you have thank that you. um just thank you it was funny because when when you know I'm, I'm up there in the booth uh field of dreams and i'm getting my stuff and miguel Who's who knows me here, you know? <laughs> and then Mitch, you know, he said hello and and asked if he could come take a picture. And so it was it was good to meet you. And I appreciate you reaching out. Absolutely. Yeah. So thank you for joining us. Um, thank you. Yeah. Jake, uh, pleasure we, to meet you. Pleasure to meet you. Hey, Miguel, plug plug your social uh, the, the network. To, yep. You know where can people yeah. hear you? So uh, social Twitter, you can find me on Miguel's Voice. Easy um, on. Uh, Instagram and Facebook, Miguel Esparza Radio. Miguel Esparza Radio, find me on there. And then you can listen to the Cubs games uh, if you're in Chicago, 1200 AM, or MLB app, Marquee Sports Network on SAP. And you can also find it on Univision's app, which is Euphoria, U-F-O-R-I-A. Download that app, and it's free as well. There's all these options. There's no excuse not to tune in. None. None. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us, Miguel. Thank you. Yep. Go Cubs. Go Cubs. Cubs. Awesome. I mean, he's such a great dude and uh, just a pleasure to talk to. Like I could talk to Miguel forever. I mean, at the field of dreams game, it felt like I, I knew him instantly. Um, And you can tell he's been a fan. Like he's a broadcaster, but he's also a true fan. And I I, like, they talked about, he related it to Ron Santa. Like that's who I grew up listening to on like growing up on a farm. Like we always watch the games, but we listen to games. And yeah. so like from the tractor radio and it was always Ron Santo. And like, that's, you can tell like he, he's a fan first. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's nice. You know, like it's, you're, you're broadcasting to fans right? Like it's okay to ride the wave with us. So it's yep. refreshing. It's refreshing to get that. And you kind of get it. You kind of get it with, with, with Pat and Ron now, not so much on the, on the TV broadcast, you know, Boog, Boog's pretty even keel. Uh, Sutcliffe, <laughs> Suttle bring the, we'll bring yep. the for sure. Um, but no, it's great. I mean, how lucky are we to get to talk to, to people like Miguel? I mean, um, the guests that we've had on this season, it's just been, um, it just it, it reminds me like wow as much as I think I know a lot about baseball like there you yeah. know there there are more and more levels to know more about baseball and um, that was a great conversation and um, if you guys haven't checked him out on Twitter I mean take a look at what Mitch and I are talking about I mean Miguel's um, 
his excitement is 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 awesome and like yeah. mitch said he's he's authentic and like he, he is a fan he was a fan first and that's all of our dreams right to be able to yeah. watch the cubs and get paid to do it and be excited on air like yes you have to go through the doldrums you know and and the and the august even if the cubs are doing well august may sometimes drag um but yeah miguel miguel clearly really really loves doing it i mean just listen like i have one more clip because i have to play it because like just listen to this Swing, le pone el bate, pero no importa, la envía hacia el jardín izquierdo, va volando y se fue. Home run, Ian Hap, la botó. I meant to ask him what la botó means because I looked it up. I did a Google Translate. I was like, that's not it. Like, I, it, it has to mean something else. And I forgot to ask him, so I'll have to tweet at him. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's just like that's <laughs> – yeah. But yeah, go like I mean, if you just do a Google search of Miguel Espraza, like in all, like there's a ton of videos of of him actually just singing, like doing Elvis impersonations. He doesn't have them on, but if you do like a, a Google search of his name, like Miguel, yeah, Aspar- Miguel, Miguel Esparza, yeah, Esparza yeah. on Twitter and just search like I know Crowley tweeted Crowley one, one, yeah, um, yeah, but like there was like he he was big into the Elvis impersonations and. Like there's one of him that I was going to post on, but like it, it's, it's great. Um, he's awesome. So that does it for episode 98 of the dingers podcast. Uh, we're almost to a hundred. So yeah. Start tweeting at Ian Happ in the compound guys. I, yeah. Tom, Tom Prizman, the producer liked my tweet. Uh, I don't know if it, mean, it doesn't mean anything, yeah. but it may, it may mean something, you know, Tell us, tell us who you want to get tag people on Twitter, who you want to get us, you know, to celebrate the hundredth episode. Maybe it's a guest that we've had on. Um, obviously if it's someone that we've had on, I think it'd be easier to get them on again. Um, but let's, you know, find a way to celebrate a hundred. Yep. And Jeffrey's going to get his cupcake with a hundred candles. There we go. So, all right. That does it for episode 98 of the Dingers podcast. Uh, thanks for listening. Dingers. Dingers, dingers, ding, ding, dingers, dingers, ding.